Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Obviously, I am starting off here already with a slightly different format, and that would be to take a moment to recognize the events of the past week in Washington, D.C. This is, of course, not a podcast on politics, but it is a podcast which attempts to discuss and frame literature within various historical narratives. This week, I am, as you could tell, discussing Maria Barrow Lee, and last week I brought forth Hilda Domine, both of whom are female, because of the attempt here to give equal platform to female as well as male voices throughout this series. The fact that both of them are Jewish could either be my personal preference in form and narrative, or it could be that the narrative of the Außenseite plays such a strong role in modern German literature that in my attempt to respect the copyrights of contemporary authors, I have stumbled upon the wonderful sum of Jewish voices which constituted my favorite styles of thought and literature and my own personal sense of belonging. But one cannot truly discuss the social climate which gave rise to these works, and that especially of minorities, without looking at the political realities which faced them. The decision to attempt as best as possible to conform this podcast to existing copyright laws, which in Germany give exclusive access to reproduction rights for 80 years after the piece's publication, except in limited circumstances, is one which was mulled over for some time. And it is true that discussions about class, race, and gender inherently cannot exclude the discussion of the private property rights and economic system which allowed these prejudices to continue. But it would also be an injustice to these authors who have faced prejudice simply to have their work either published or read, or who even faced execution because of their commitment to free thought and personal agency if they were not to maintain the modern economic and legal right to have claim and entitlement to their work and stories. And I believe that should the heirs of these great writers' fortunes seek to contact me to discuss my use of their material, I would hope that we could agree this to be an academic, non-profitable, and limited intrusion into the completeness of each writer's works, but I am more than willing to adhere to their legal right should that come to pass. It is difficult now to trace the copyright of authors who may have passed but in the last generation, but when this podcast was being developed, the proto-idea was very different, and I contacted a prominent black American poet to inquire about the use of a single of his poems, a request he was friendly about, but declined, and I will support that decision of his forever. The wonderful Marisa Bodrzic recently had one of her stories read over Norddeutsche Radiofunk, which discussed the social upheaval we have faced because of the coronavirus. It was read in parts, and on the day after protesters stormed the Capitol waving the Confederate flag, erecting a noose on the Capitol steps, and wearing garments which said, Six M.W.E. Six million wasn't enough. A reference to the number of Jews who died in the Holocaust. It was Marisa Bodrozic's discussion about the murder of Ahmed Arbery which finally brought me to tears. For a land that was built on a promise of freedom, liberty, and justice for all, and on a compromise that we would indeed limit the powers of government in order for a government to be formed, and a separation of power in order to preserve these freedoms, 
that this contract passed on through generations could so swiftly be nullified by a small faction of a faction is simply the sign that our land, despite its promises, carries the wounds of our forefathers in every one of our hearts. However, it was this country that amidst a financial crisis followed through on its greatest of attempts to achieve what was only a half century, and perhaps less than twenty years earlier, socially impossible. Take for it a sign that a black man commanded the full length of his legally established term as president, the strongest economy, and the greatest military this world has ever known. Twice. And he did so not with reprisal upon the majorities which excluded and enslaved his ancestors, but with grace and common purpose, that to fulfill the vision of materialistic ends within a closed system requires not the addressing of each grievance of yesteryear, but a holistic reimagining of our human condition. That wars and violence are never concluded on the battlefield, but that our faces in each other's hearts must be the end goal of every resolution. And so those who may think that they will win in their resolve that more must die if their will is to be achieved, you can never kill the path to freedom. Unser Herz ist der Kern unseres Lebens. Our heart is the core of our life. Marisa Bodrozic There is not much which can be written about Maria Beryl Lee, as there is not much information readily available about her life. Much of the information I am about to tell you comes directly from the collection, Geschichte im Gedicht, 1938. Of course, being the Anschluss, or the year Austria was invaded by Nazi Germany. This collection was edited by the wonderful Mimi Grossberg, and includes the likes of Rosa Ausländer, Margareta Kolisch, and Stefan Schweig. It tells the story of the Austrian diaspora in America during the Second World War through its poetic history. The second source is Poets of Crisis, August Stram and Maria Berli, by Martin Wassermann. Although it is important to note that the piece published in 1938, which I will read, is entitled Prophecy for the Thousand Year Reich, and is ostensibly written in English, as the rest of 1938 is German in form. Wassermann's poetic portraits of Maria Berli contain material extremely similar to this poem published in 1938, the book, not the year, which he claims to be a translation or derivative of Berli's original work. If Wassermann is listening, which I doubt he is, I hope that he may clarify to me the origin of this poem, and why there are distinct differences between his portrait and the poem published in 1938. There is a note added by Grossmann after Prophecy for the Thousand Year Reich that says that version was a manuscript, a yet unpublished piece of work, or a non-published piece of work, which was published originally in 1938. Again, the book, not the year. Wasserman's intent to celebrate the work of Maria Berli does contain very good biographical references, but the original material of Berli is accessible in her collected works, 
Schaumberg aus meinem Krug and Lieder einer Doppelzunge. Written per Mimi Grossberg's notes in English and available at a cool 44 euros with 42 euros shipping costs. Slightly out of the price range for this unemployed hobbyist. Per Grossberg's short biography of Beryl Lee at the end of 1938 and Wasserman's biographical section, Maria Beryl Lee was born in Vienna in 1924 to a Catholic jurist and a teacher with Jewish heritage. They fled Austria in 1940 via either Switzerland or Frankfurt, depending on your source, to France, and landed in 1941 in New York. Beryl Lee would graduate from Nazareth College and receive a Master of Arts in Literature from Fordham University in 1948. She would add the Lee to her now hyphenated name via marriage in 1950, and would continue to write in both English and German until her death in 1984. She would be awarded with two major literary awards from the Society of German American Authors and the Society of German American Studies, the Novella Prize and a Lifetime Citation of Merit, respectively. She was also a member of the Penn Society, poets, essayists, and novelists, whose stated work is to attain members whose work speaks to the universality of human values and the transcendence of societal constructions, such as race, nationality, and gender. This is about where our brief look into the biography of Maria Beryl Lee must end, and where I will once again take a new path on this podcast. For that the reason stated before, I believe it is imperative to allow a work's words to stand alone. I will not interpret Beryl Lee's words, as that was mostly done for the purpose of explaining the choices made in translation. As this poem was from what I can deduce, originally published in English, I will instead simply read the poem and allow what listeners who may be out there find their own interpretations of the text. Prophecy for the Thousand Year Reich Prone in the dust I lie, destroyed, undone, while you exult, foot on my mendicant neck, triumphantly taunting that you shall leap laughing on my grave. And so you will. As you can see, fate holds no kindness. A demon, rancorous, malign, it lashes its nailed boot at the defeated's crushed head. But you, my enemy, are not immortal either, nor invulnerable to pain and grief, and fate lurks, treacherous, a serpent coiled to strike your head at the first stumble. You feel a shiver touch your shoulder blades? The cold November wind comes fast. 